0: major league edition of Friars on the Farm podcast. We're here at Ellesmith Brewery and to my left is Roy. Hello everybody. And with we'll us today is today's very special guest, AJ Cassonel from MLB. Welcome AJ.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on guys. Well, I'm actually excited.
0: Thank you. And uh, I'm
1: really, this is the question everyone wants to
0: know. Were you invited to Will Meyer's wedding?
1: No, I was not, but I was actually at a, another wedding that day. So had he invited me, I would have had to say no.
0: God, that would have been great if you could have said, no, man, big lead. I'm like, no, I got another wedding. Um, before we get started, I want to thank Ailes Smith, and er, er, thank you guys for coming out. Really just. Uh, Thanks guys. We have a live audience today. We have a live audience today. Yes. I'm trying not to muck this up. Uh, we also want to thank, um, you know, when AJ, when you first suggested this, uh, me and we were like, do we have any listeners? Does anyone listen to our podcast? Uh, and then so we, we've been tweeting it out ever since And people showed up And uh, you showed up, which we're very happy for So you thank you guys again, really appreciate it uh, We also want to thank Alesmith for allowing us to have the space Yeah, we're and, up in the mezzanine here at Alesmith And it is a pretty sweet gig uh, Really nice, we got all the water we can drink and in, in fact, all the water I can drink um, But, Roy, what are you drinking?
2: Um, this is the Evil Dead Red Which is a seasonal that they just discontinued So it's on bottles still it's one of my favorites. So you're drinking something that they don't even sell. Well, we need to sell something. I there. understand, it's and easy. I hear that they've got a new 394 unfiltered, and so I'm going to have to try that with my next pint. Nice.
1: That's not a bad idea. I might try that one next. Yes. Well, what are you drinking? I'm drinking the Mount Crushmore. It's just a it's it's a <laughs> it's a pale <laughs> ale, pretty light. I figure got to go light before the podcast. Nice. Maybe get a little heavier after.
0: And I'm drinking water. Good old filtered water. Same water the dinosaurs drank. <laughs> That's right, right? It's just recycled through the water process over uh, over millions of years. It, exactly. So, AJ, you've been writing for MLB for eight years, and you've been the beat writer for the Sega Padres for the past three. You
1: poor bastard.
0: <laughs> um, do you get painful to watch
1: pay, or? they still they still yet to have a winning record since they've been on the beat. So just are, you're, one game over 500. You're not cursing the Padres, are you? Well, I don't think the 46 years before I got here. What, but there were winning records before. Yes. All right. So maybe it's me. Maybe it's my fault. Maybe, maybe <laughs> the year I leave is the year they win the World Series. No. Is that what you guys want? No. No. no we don't want you to. Mixed leave. reaction. We don't want you to leave. No. I. I. am I'm, I'm seeing this thing through. Yeah. Good. All right. That's right. Good. Yeah. So here. Well, I, I, I. want to start from the beginning. So where did you grow up, and who did
0: you work for as a kid?
1: Yeah. Well, this. This one might not be a little might not be that popular but I grew up in uh, New Jersey and I was a Yankee fan as a kid. So, I apologize to everyone but the 98 World Series was was a particularly happy moment for 10-year-old AJ and I know it was painful for you guys but it's pretty incredible right. Okay, so then I have a
2: follow-up question for you. Tino Martinez at the plate, Mark Langston was pitching. Do you I'm sure you're familiar with this <laughs> moment.
1: What did, do? was that a ball a or a strike? It was it was, it was unquestionably a strike. a strike. Okay. I'll thank I'll you. I'll give you the, I mean it, I, I have not. I have yet to see a replay that even gives me like the semblance of, oh man, yeah. that's kind of close. It wasn't even close. So no, horrible call. A complete unlucky set of circumstances for the oh, Padres. The Yankees took advantage of it, but no, that was that was garbage. And you know what? Maybe it could have been a better series had it not happened. So I, don't know. I, I remember We're watching this live.
2: I was at Jack Murphy Stadium watching it on the Jumbotron with a couple thousand Uh, other sorry people, including my now-wife, Angela. She was in attendance that day. And I remember when that pitch went across, everybody was... like A cheer went out, and then there was this collective gasp of, wait, that was... Wasn't that strike three? And then the home run and the whole momentum changed. But anyway.
0: My 98 World Series story is I cooked for the Hyatt. From 98 till 2004 in 1998, uh, most of the teams stayed at the Hyatt downtown, and the Yankees stayed at the Hyatt. Uh They won on a Wednesday. They closed down my restaurant that I was cooking at that night uh, and had their World Series party in my restaurant. So, not only as a native oh, San Diego, did my team get oh. swept in the World oh, Series, oh. Uh, <laughs> that I watched them celebrate and uh, I had to cook their food. Wow. Uh, we, but, don't, we don't need to dwell on the pain. Yeah, we're not. It's, you know, it's taken a long time uh, for me to get over did, that. Did any loogies find their way into
2: the mashed potatoes? I, I
0: did not, but I tell you, Mariana Rivera, and I found this out about the, the a lot of the Latin born players will eat their New York the steak. All their meats are all done well done. Like I, I sent a, a well done New York steak up, and it came back to me like, we want it more well done. They wanted a hockey puck. Yeah. Um, I, I. You know, there's other reasons why that, but I digress.
2: Uh, so, but no ketchup.
0: No ketchup. Okay. Let's not get
1: political. Right. <laughs> it's not a food group. Hey, oh. so what got you into writing? Well, so I, I always wanted to be a baseball. Like, I'm talking when I was like five, six years old. I used to, like, go out in my backyard and play these imaginary games of baseball or basketball or football or whatever. And then I'd come inside and, and uh, like, write up a little newspaper page on a piece of paper. And, um... My, uh, it's funny my, so my mom is in the process of like moving out of our childhood home now and she's find, she's found like some of these random newspapers I had and I'd like make up standings of these made up teams and so so I basically I, I kind of always wanted to be a I, I, I've always loved writing and I've always loved baseball and baseball's of, of all the sports baseball's like been kind of number one with a huge gulf between everything else and um, yeah so I just kind of wanted to do it from the start And uh, my uh, my uncle was actually uh, when I was a kid, he was the Spanish radio announcer for the Red Sox. He's currently the Spanish radio announcer for the for the Phillies. But I used to get to go up to Fenway Park for one one weekend or one series every year. I'd spend in Fenway Park and just kind of sitting in the back of his radio booth. And I just I thought it was the coolest thing. And I basically yeah. yeah. So basically from there, I was just like, all right, I want to work in baseball let's how how can i do how can i put, how can i put like my skills and what i do what i like to do and what i think i do best to use and so that kind of sparked it all and, yeah
2: so yeah. so how did you make that happen as far as going to school internships early jobs what was kind of your route that brought you to san diego
1: yeah so i so i went to penn state for the primary <laughs> reason of
0: Really, is that yeah, well my, my my wife's sister was an all-American gymnast at Penn State.
1: Okay. And her husband Actually,
0: her husband is a uh, was an all-American soccer player at Penn State.
1: Funny funny story the first beat I ever covered was the Penn State men's gymnastics beat oh. in fall 2006.
0: Yeah, she had three kids by that time. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But no, so that was the first...
1: That was I wrote for the Daily Collegian there. Yeah. I, I, the reason I went there was because they have a very good uh, sports journalism program and yeah. a very good student-run newspaper. Yeah. And so I got involved in that right away. Um, I, I spent uh, a summer interning for the Altoona Mirror, covering the Altoona Curve, the Pittsburgh Pirates AA team. That was That was actually probably the best experience I could have gotten for getting yeah. into MLB.com, and if I had to guess, that's the reason I like when i interviewed coming out of college for my first internship at nlb.com i used all the clips i had from that summer covering and that team was pretty good that that team won the eastern league yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. josh harrison jordy mercer uh, chase Darno was on that team oh, yeah they we and i remember they kind of all rotated positions um, Gorky hernandez like it was a really it was like wow. for for a minor league team and there's there's eight or nine guys who like had decently long big league careers, and it was a really fun team to cover. They were really good, so um, so I kind of used that to kind of springboard into my post-graduation application.
0: So then how did you, did you just like go to the job board on MLB.com and go like, okay, writer, or, or did you petition, or did you go to the winter meetings? Like now they have like the winter meetings where you go to the job fair, and you better have your stuff together, and, and your
1: resume together, and you'd be able to put it in, how did that come about, or did your yeah. uncle help you with that? No, no, my, my uncle had kind of nothing to do with it. I, um, the way the MLB.com internship program works is is there's one for each team. There's 30, 30 internships, and I knew that, and that was, I kind of I kind of targeted that from the start uh from like, there were a couple people at Penn State that got internships with MLB.com that got the internship that I wanted to have. And so I saw them maybe when I was a sophomore, and I was just like, all right, well, that's, where I want to go that's the next step I want to take and so I I basically did most of the things I did with that goal in mind and then uh, um, my old boss actually uh, was the one who hired me he basically did a he came he bounces college to college he goes to some of the big journalism schools he came in and I did my interview there with him and had my I had my resume and everything there so I didn't have to go to a winter meetings or an MLB.com office you scouted so he came to me you were scouted
2: that's sweet
1: yeah, so it, it – I'd like to say, like, it was I, – I had good professors that kind of helped me and knew him. And it, so it's just a combination of, like, right place, right time, luck, and I'd like to keep the hard work that I put in.
0: Well, that's cool because, like, the eight people that listen to this, maybe of them will have mm-hmm. – well, definitely um, want to be a writer. And I'm sure uh, I'm going to listen and to we're, it. we're already <laughs> way over eight, right yeah. <laughs> Well, these are all grown-up people. I'm talking about maybe the younger people that listen to podcast that want to be MLB writers. I mean – God, if I could write, I would love to be an MLB writer. Well, so somebody that comes to mind for me, there's a
2: kid in El Paso. Mateo. It's at Matt Man. I think it's at Matt Man Padres. Yes. Mateo. And his yeah, name Mateo. is Mateo. And he does these little video vlogs before the El Paso Chihuahua yeah. games. And uh, um, Tim, oh my God. Haggerty. Tim Haggerty. Thank you. Yes. Invited him up to the booth and he did an inning yeah. with him. And uh, it was really Cool. cool. Yeah, and so I don't know what his aspirations are, but he wants
0: to be—he wants to be an announcer. Yeah, I, be an I, announcer. I have a
2: teenager in the home with me, and you know, when you ask somebody that's a teenager, what do you want to be, and how are you going to get there? They have no—they might have an idea what they want to do, but they have no idea how to go from from here to there. So yeah. hearing how somebody walked that path is, is useful, I think.
0: Oh, absolutely! And at Mattman's age, which I think is like maybe twelve or thirteen, maybe <laughs> yeah. Um, like I still want to be a fireman, you know. I just it's like him being able wanting to be MLB our MLB broadcaster is is huge.
1: Well, fun fact: when I was at when I was at Fenway Park for one of those series way back when, it was a blowout. The Red Sox were beating, I want to say the Ray or the Devil Rays at the time. It was like sixteen to two. And I, uh, I was I got invited down to call a, to call an at bat. So I called a David Ortiz single off the monster, and I, somewhere in some archive, there's I called an at bat. Wow! Yeah, yeah. As a Yankee yes. fan, that must have just
0: made you turn, turn, turn.
1: <laughs> um. So how?
0: So before becoming the Padres writer, what? Uh, where did you Were you with
1: another team, or how did that work? Where, where were you? What six, seven years before you were a Padres? Yeah. So we. Thirty interns get hired and they work for the summer. And so and we kinda don't really have a say where we go. I'm prefacing that. Because I got hired by the I, I went to the Dodgers, and spent a summer covering the Dodgers in twenty eleven. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, I, figured, I figured to get that reaction. So I covered audience participation. Actually, please. you know what? That was a pretty bad Dodgers team. And so yeah. maybe it is uh, maybe, maybe there's is is the first that was, one this year. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, so I, I got I spent I uh, spent a summer covering the Dodgers in 2011, and uh, basically MLB.com uh, does some kind of they rehire some of their interns, and um, they didn't rehire me right away, uh, but I kind of offered to freelance. So what happened was the next spring training, uh, and I had spent that offseason. Uh, actually that's when I moved to San Diego. I have some family in San Diego. My cousin lived here. I slept nice. on her couch for like two weeks before going to spring training. Nice. and uh, so that off season I went to uh, I, went, I went to spring training and just basically offered myself for whoever like whoever needed a writer and mostly MLB.com because like, like, when I'm in spring training, I get days off. there are no there's only like two days off but I'll get like six and they'll have someone else fill in for me and they pay him as a freelancer. And so I, I offered that up to my boss and he was like, yeah, we can't hire you yet, but like, we can't hire you, but like, yeah, we'll take your freelance work. And so I, I have a buddy who lives in, who, at the time he lived in North Phoenix and I just slept on his couch for six weeks and bounced around filling in for all different teams. And I, and I think as a result of that, I ended up getting hired a couple of weeks into the season to be the overnight MLB.com producer on, uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, which was no fun at at all The overnight yeah. guy You're yeah. great, great. Yeah. No it was It was pretty miserable But at the same time Part of what Part of what it was Was I got to I could work wherever, I could work remotely Work from wherever I wanted So I did Fridays and Saturdays Of that And I did Three days a week Of what we call News desk Which is just like If there's breaking news Like Get three paragraphs in And like Let the reporter report on it And then they can Kind of fill that They like They write their story But like Kind of fast paced Yeah yeah Whatever Just yeah Just stuff for the site. So I was the overnight producer on um, on weekends and news desk three days a week, and I did uh, I did that for like three years, which was three years longer, or oh, like wow. two and a half years longer than I wanted to do it. And that must then, have been unsettling. Yeah. Well, th- like, I mean,
2: you're kind of drifting in limbo that whole time, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was very unsettling, but it was it was. I mean, it's like everyone kind of goes. Through something like that, and it was like I was doing it in baseball, so it was still like those three news desk days I had, I could do them from the ballpark. So that's like when I first started going to Petco Park, and every now and then I'd fill in for Corey Brock when he wasn't there. As long as it was during the week, or if it was during the weekend, I got like one weekend off each month. So you decided to base yourself in San Diego because your family's here. Well, partially because my family, and also because why not? San Diego is awesome. All right, it doesn't snow. Um, No, but it was. It was. I think it was. Like I had all my crap in Los Angeles. And I basically just, like, drove down to San Diego and put it in my cousin's garage for a couple weeks. Or for, to be in L.A. Until, yeah, well, <laughs> I didn't say that. You did, but, you know, I mean, San, <laughs> Di- San Diego is much greater than L.A., I'll, I'll give you that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think from there it was just... Then I got a, a job uh, producing and news desk. Oh, I got off the overnights finally. Did that for about a year and a half. And then when Corey left to go to Seattle, um, they basically... They, there was, I mean, I put my name in the ring and
2: got the job. Yeah. Corey Brock is now writing for the Athletic. She's still based wow. in Seattle. Yeah. But yeah, so if anybody is trying to follow Corey Brock, because i remember He's I used a great to, follow, great I writer. enjoyed yeah. his writing and, and great guy. Yeah.
1: He was really he would, sweet. He would tell you a lot more about this beer that I'm drinking than I. He's, He's a big craft beer guy.
0: Oh, yeah. um, when when I proposed to Liddy, uh, I did it at spring training, and after we were back into our little area. He came over and did a piece with us, and that was kind of cool. And we were "Cool, like, oh my, Corey Brock! Oh my God, Corey Brock! <laughs> when that? was that? <laughs> when did I? When, when did I propose to you, honey? Why are you
2: looking at Justin? Uh,
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it must not have four, been very four, memorable. Four five years
0: four, four four ago. Years years four? Years.
1: Yeah, 2014. I vaguely, like I vaguely remember. I may have been. I vaguely remember Corey doing that story. I think I was. Yeah. Like, I was, think I was working with him that day. Like I, I still would go out to spring training every year and fill in and kind of be the backup and just help out.
0: So you were the guy on his coattails right behind me. Okay, all right. <laughs> no, 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 I'm kidding. Yeah, so he and so that's when we were really cool that Corey Brock was able to come and write a story for that uh, for us, and that was really cool.
2: Fireballs.
0: Um, Fireballs. Fireball. <laughs> so, so
1: you travel oh. with
0: the team everywhere they go,
1: yeah? Not, not everywhere. I get one road series off a month, oh, which is okay, Yep. That's everywhere at
0: no, 80 a, games a, a year.
1: It's a long season, but MLB.com does a really good job of, like, easing the burden a little bit. It's not quite so... Like, I I love going to baseball games, and I love covering baseball. It can become a grind. My company knows that, and they try and make it as... Like, try and lessen the grind. Right. And I, I think it... Like, I come back from those three days off, whatever they are, rejuvenated, ready to go. But But it's... Like, I think, I, I when I do my scorebook, I always write what number game I'm covering of the year. And I think I did, like, 132 this wow. year. Wow.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. A lot of baseball. So, you keep a scorebook for every game? Yes. Not spring training. Like the, those get out of hand. Like I've, yeah.
2: I've only had the opportunity to cover, like, so, when I lived in Sacramento, the uh, the Chihuahuas came through, I write for Gaslight Ball, and uh, the Chihuahuas came through town, and I was able to pull press passes for the AAA games between the Chihuahuas and the Sacramento uh, River Cats, River and uh, and so I hadn't kept score for so many years. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm going to write a game a game log of this game, and I kept scoring it. It had been the first time in a long time that I since I had, but I realized one of the games went to extra innings, It was like 13, 14 innings, and I ran out of space, <laughs> and so I quit keeping score the last couple innings, and all of a sudden I was lost. So yeah. I wasn't a I. Trying to remember what somebody did the last time they came up, or, are those kinds yeah, of just, things.
1: It's just so it's so much easier. It's so much, and like, I don't need to keep score for my job. There's no like mandate that says we have to do it, or there's no like, it, all the stats are readily available just like that. Like I work with a computer and an iPad that has Game Day up right there, but it just like it, I don't know what to, how else to describe it, but it just kind of keeps you invested in every pitch, and it it's just such easy reference. Will uh, one Myers went one, one for. Wait, did he? Oh no, two for four. And then i write that are you frustrated uh, with uh, major league at
0: bat as you as i am it seems like it, it takes forever well, that's my That's the company i work
1: for so right well no, i'm not frustrated it's the greatest <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i'll
0: watch the games you know when i'm not around tv i'll watch the game on my phone or on a tablet or whatever and be like pitch three minutes later
1: Pitch.
2: Well, Was, I,
1: isn't the, that just the, baseball game. and twilight? Yeah, it kind of reminds you of the slow pace
2: of the game. That, like, like Personal pitching in this game, or what? when you're at the game, there's so much other stuff to watch. You're looking at the players on the field, you're looking at people in the stands, the stuff on the screen, the the pace of the game. It is a slow paced game when it works through it, but there's enough other stuff to fill it in when you're there to experience it. Hmm. So if you're just trying to watch it on the screen on the on a tablet, and the only thing it's telling you is the most recent game action. There's a lot of filler in between there that the app
0: doesn't tell you. They just pick off a tenth, and I'm like, ah. Oh. Then, then, like, coach visit to the mound. Ah, like, I need action now. Um, but, I, but <laughs> excuse me, I, I digress. What? Um, so just to kind of feel a little, kind of finalize this stuff with with the Padres. Do you have a choice where you go next, or will they go like, oh, okay, Jay, we're sending you to you know to Florida, or we're going to send you to another team? Or Is do it
2: you... like an annual? R- r- yeah. R- r- no its it's, I,
1: it's uh, I'm on the beat and I, I wouldn't go anywhere else like I am a lot some of our writers have been there for 20 30 years and I mean I don't know if you guys see them like I, I feel like I get be- I've gotten better since my first year because deeper understanding of the organization better more contacts with more people right. or more, more just like knowledge of what's going on it just becomes easier so they would never Make me move somewhere else when, I'm, when it, would, it, would, it would make the it would make my work worse if I were to go to another team. Plus, right. like, I'm happy in San Diego and my wife's happy in San Diego. And yeah, that's all that matters. Yeah. You're happy OB, come
2: yeah. on. I mean, yeah. Donovan has insider knowledge of the location of AJ's home because Donovan drives for Uber and happened to pick AJ so, up on the way to the airport one day.
0: True. <laughs> <laughs> that is a true story. I can confirm that. <laughs> and you had a Penscape, Penn State bag, and
1: uh, I,
2: I, I think that's when you held him hostage and oh. asked him if he would come on our podcast. That's that's not true.
1: Oh, I've, okay. I've <laughs> I volunteer. I I asked about the podcast, and I wanted this to be the
2: my story. System. Sounds better though.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, it is. Well, I will really say. A- I will say it was like. A four minute drive. No, but it was like six in the morning. I th- yeah. I, I, I might have been going to like it was a, it was one of those for me the worst days are like fly out in the morning cover a game at night it's hard like I need need to make sure I get enough sleep and I need to sleep on the plane and like especially in San Francisco when those games start at like seven fifteen and they always seem like they go late I think I might have been going to San Francisco yeah. then it was like six in the morning and I was just like and he was like AJ. AJ.
0: I am mucked up on coffee, and I'm like, hey, I got a podcast, and, you know, and, and, and it's funny, because I'm like, yeah, sure, he'll, like, you know, he's like, you did, you agreed, like, hey, I'd love to call a podcast, I'm like, he just be a sweet, he? Well, here we are,
1: drinking beers. Absolutely, hey, and, nice and, we, and, I, and I appreciate that.
0: Um, do you have any hobbies?
1: No, only baseball. That's all I do. Nothing else. Baseball is life. No, no, no yeah, pretty honestly, much, right, Brandon? Honestly, yeah. uh, during the season, I have, very, I have hobbies. I have very little time to do them. During the off season, it's it's a little easier. I uh,
0: any Fortnite. Any... I do not play video games no. <laughs> okay.
1: I learned a lot about Fortnite this year. I'll say that. I, uh, I like. I'm in a volleyball league. I played. I played volleyball this morning. I. Uh, I run and I swim and I play guitar and it's just oh. a few yeah what don't
2: you
1: do? what don't I do? Play Fortnite <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> Good. So.
0: cover a team yeah. that's had a winning season yeah. oh, oh. Wait, no, no. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, the Altuna Curve yeah, yeah, had a winning season I'm sorry I, I love my partner I'm a I'm a native <laughs> um so <laughs> well, what's going on this, let's, let's move on to the team um my, my question is and this could get you in trouble certainly in a Get me no favors, but can you understand when AJ Preller talks? Because <laughs> like he seems to mumble. He just I, and I love <laughs> the savantness
1: and the like mad genius of his
0: yeah. tone of voice. But he's like, well, I, don't, I, don't I no, I,
1: under, I understand everything he says clearly. Uh, the problem I have is transcribing it after the interview. He, talk, he talks so fast, and a lot of what yeah. he says is five, a lot of times. a lot of oh, the words God, he so, says are filler. Okay. And so, it's, so he'll start a sentence with uh, – when he answers a question, he takes time to kind of think about what his answer is going to be. But when he answers it, he goes straight into talking. And so he kind of – there's filler in there. And he'll say, he'll say 100 words a minute and I have to transcribe them all. And that's one of the hardest parts of my job is transcribing A.J. Preller and finding like the digestible quotes that like can right. work in a story because he says so much. And there's so much there on that page after I transcribe and, like, all right, well, what do you guys care about? What's the quote that matters? What's the thing he said that mattered? Because he says a lot. And he repeats. He, he's he, also really good at not at answering a question without
2: actually answering the question. I have found yeah, that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. I, But which that's, that's part of your job. You have to. So, he's, yeah, right. he's a
2: poker player. He can't show his cards mm-hmm. because every piece of information he shows is useful to other organizations.
1: Yeah. It's like last... I talked to him last week after... I forget what it was, but it was... I talked to him about the outfield situation... It's like well, one of these guys has to. Like, you're not gonna have all six of these guys and in spring. And his answer was, "Well, we could. Like, we very well could." And he gave me a whole list of reasons why they could keep all six. And then, well, like, you did a pretty good job of putting out an article on.
2: Yeah. How so it then, sense. I, so I wrote off
1: that, and they could keep all six. I don't think they're gonna, and I don't think Agent Perler wants to. But if he says I need to get rid of a guy, then kind of, the asking price goes down on one yeah, of those guys yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like I understand where he's coming from. I'm not mad at him for lying. You know, like he's not lying; he's just kind of going around what he's actually yeah. thinking.
2: So. Well, we have our peanut gallery here, and we've uh, we've requested some some questions from the folks here, and so I thought this would be a good time to throw one of these in here. Yeah. Um, and this is we we didn't ask uh, for names, but anonymous LOL asks: Are we keeping Myers or just going to give up on him?
1: <laughs> I don't know if they're keeping Myers. I know they're not going to yeah. give up on him, but I think. Uh, if I had to guess, I guess that he's here next year. But I think of all the outfielders, maybe he's the likeliest to be traded right now. I don't know what like if I had to put a percentage on each guy, what it would be. But Myers is probably like thirty-eight percent. Like he's there's a decent chance he gets traded, but he probably stays. And I I am I am it, it always it always when we're ta- when you talk trades, it always depends on the return. But I am of the opinion that his value is low now for who he is. He's a pretty good player. And if somehow you can just boost the value a little bit, that's that you're you're better off.
0: Absolutely. And if you give him a position and let him stick there, he's going to get comfortable, produce, and get better. That's the hope.
1: Yeah, that's what... what I
2: mean, when he was given a position early in the season at left field, he succeeded. Mm -hmm. And then when they kind of flipped it all around and said, hey, try playing third base, he struggled.
1: Well, third third base is tough. It it, it is. If Will Myers could have been that player, or maybe he still could be, I don't think it's likely. If he could have been that player that could play third and outfield and maybe like in a pinch he could play center and then he could play first if possible. Like if he could be that player, kinda of like Chris Bryant does similar things for the Cubs, that's useful because of the other guys you can sneak into the lineup in different ways. Hmm. But I think and I it's it's not finalized, he only did it for a month, but I think we've seen like what he can do at third base and it's not particularly good. It's not- Right. Um,
0: so I got another question here It came from the internet. So we have, um, we have a Padres UK. Uh, he is a person, I don't think it's a burner account. I, I, he's in London and he's a Padre fan. So at Padres UK, he asked, there's been talk of when the Padres window opens early chat in 17 was 2019, 2020 window. This has started to slide and it has become a 2020, 2021 window. Surely it's the latter, right?
1: Or when do you think that window opens up for I mean, the them? Is the window going to open this year? Is that what that basically that question is getting around to? Me? Or are they just going to keep kicking the rock down the road? Well, I mean, that's obviously the fear. I think it, I think it's pretty clear, like with what, what they're doing with the farm system, that it's that they're they're moving in the direction of right. contending because some of these young guys that were good are moving higher up the system. Um, I guess when does the window open? That kind of coincides with like when do you start making those moves? Like, there's for me, there's two different. There's two different, like, uh, job descriptions for a general manager. It's like, how do you acquire the talent? And then once you have the talent, how do you, like, manipulate the roster and move guys to make that talent into a winning roster? And they're clearly in the former phase still. And when do you move to the latter? And we're hearing some of the Syndergaard discussions or whatever. that The window, if they acquire Noah Syndergaard, the window is not going to open in 2019, I don't think. No. But there's a much better chance it opens in 2020 when a lot, when Tati says 5 right. months under him and Urias says 7 months and what right. and and Logan Allen's got some stars maybe Chris Paquette who can yeah. Trill come up and
0: they'll start they start getting their feet wet and maybe Margot baseball also
2: Margo takes the next step. Right. Roger Renfro becomes who we saw at the end of the season kind of thing.
0: Absolutely. So one of our one
2: of our people one of the folks here asked is the Padres farm system the best in MLB right
1: now? I am not the one to ask about that I don't, I don't cover the other 29 farm systems but by all accounts it is I mean I don't I, I have a hard time like imagining a farm system that's deeper than this one that has so many for me the thing about the Padres farm system that's great and like the 10 top 100 or 9 or whatever it is is, is good is that like there's some like fringe top 30 guys who are like Michael Geddes is unprotected mm-hmm. he's uh, he, he's probably top 30 for some teams you know oh, like, yeah. Yeah, but he's, no, he's nowhere close for them. Yeah. so yeah. that's the most impressive thing about the system is the guys who are outside of the top 20, 30 who you, ne- you don't know about yet F- Fran Reyes last year wasn't even in the top 30 and, and I don't I don't know that like I thought Fran Reyes was good and his numbers look good and he and he's clearly done some things to get better but I don't know that the prognosticators were necessarily wrong in leaving him off because there were so many guys. Well, and he had you know? an injury
2: at the time. He yeah, had broken right. his hamate bone in the fall league. Yeah.
1: And uh, speaking of Fran
2: Mill, he just had knee surgery the other day, yeah. and it sounds like that all went successfully. He's already moving around, so all uh, you know, best wishes to Fran Mill. During the season, do you really pay attention to what's going on in the minors? I know you've got a lot to keep your eyes on just at the MLB level.
1: Yeah, I, I try to do my best, and and I, I sometimes I feel like like you guys on Twitter are a step ahead of me because I'm covering the game that's happening in front of me. A lot of times, basically, the way I cover the, or the way I follow the minor minor leagues is I listen cover to the, the Friars on the farm. Oh, yeah, listen to the Friars <laughs> on the farm. And I, and I regurgitate whatever. <laughs> right. what no, I, uh, I, the, the next morning is kind of when I just catch up with what happened. Yeah. The
2: night Do you get a sense of um, if other teams have prospects that? Preller and those folks are, are going after, or do they hold it all really close to their to their?
1: I think their... I do get a sense that there are a lot of teams that really like the Padres prospects. Oh,
2: but one of the questions we have here is what other teams have coveted
1: prospects? Oh, which teams?
2: Do you have an idea if the Padres folks? Well, the Mets tend clear, to. Right. Well, pro- I mean, oh, do the Padres
1: like other teams' prospects, prospects of the other? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I, I don't. They they keep all that close to the test. They would they wouldn't tell me who their guys are. Who they're minor league? Who like they're targeting on other teams, minor leagues because like, they don't want it to sound like they're kind of fanboying over these prospects that could help them. And I'm sure they loved Mejia and Mejia. I mean, Mejia was obviously a big time. Yeah, star. but that kind of
2: came out of nowhere, right? Yeah,
1: but I'm sure they. I'm sure they loved him for a long time. And they, these three guys they just acquired in the on a roster crunch day a couple weeks ago, like they've liked those guys for a decent amount of time. I had never heard of any of them. And then all of a sudden they're Padres and it's, all right, how can I learn about these guys? So it's funny, we
2: were interviewing um, Jason Panini from uh, ProspectsLive.com and this was just a week or two before and we were asking him about who have you seen in the Arizona Fall League that stood out to you and Esteban Caroz was somebody that he just gushed about. Like, this guy can hit anything. Yeah, He he's, looks good in the field defensively, but the guy can just... He's got a good eye at the plate. He can make contact with any kind of pitch anywhere in the zone. And then, boom, a couple weeks later, he's in the Padres organization. That was pretty cool to see. And him.
0: we look like stars. Uh,
2: <laughs> because we've actually heard look of the guy. Like, right, right. <laughs> it's the hair. Uh, speaking of health,
0: though... Um, <laughs> what... Furious. What, what's, what's the... La- you know, there's been... I've seen on Twitter that his rehabbing for his quad, his dunk on, his
1: expected. Yeah, he was going to play
2: with the Mexican League team and then they shut that down, right?
1: Yeah, I think they were just, I, I think it was precautionary. I mean, Urias doesn't need to be, I don't know if he needs necessarily those extra 150 at-bats right. to be as good as he is, but mm-hmm. I, I i couldn't tell you if things have gotten better or worsened, but I just know that, that they essentially said, well, if you're not fully healed, we're not risking it and letting right. you play in the league and come to spring training help. Right. I think I'm
2: a little gun-shy because of what happened to Corey Spanchenberg. That we thought that there was a minor injury, you know, maybe he pulled his hamstring or something like that and then it turned to be some significant quad tear that kicked him out for most of the season. And then afterwards, he never had the speed that he had before.
1: Yeah, yeah I'll say it's not worth worrying about until it becomes, if it becomes a thing in spring, then it's worth worrying about. Text but me, that, text yeah. us, catch us like this. You'll, be the, thing, you'll thing. be the first <laughs> to <laughs> know. Okay, <laughs> thank you.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you have another question, Roy? Sure. Um,
2: <laughs> there's no way you're going to be able to answer this one. But uh, is there anybody in the press box that annoys the heck out of you? Please give names and examples. <laughs> <laughs> names
1: I, I, think, I think on, nice the, on the whole, I wouldn't char- characterize anyone as firmly annoying. <laughs> but there are people in the press box who annoy me from time to time because it's a work environment and you get annoyed by your coworkers sometimes. So mm. I will not name names. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. does, does, does anybody
2: hog the time at the soft serve machine? I hear there's a soft serve ice cream machine. Bernie
1: Wilson likes a soft bro. serve. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Believe yeah, it or not.
2: He's our favorite bro. So I love Bernie. Bernie is actually
1: <laughs> easily, of everyone in the press box, the most entertaining. He, hands down, <laughs> not even close. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, everyone at some point in their lives should watch a baseball game. for animals. You, know, he,
2: he's a writer, but in person, when you hear him talk, and con- hey, he's a really entertaining guy. Yeah. yeah, we should get him behind the microphone. Maybe they're just afraid of what he would say.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of a loose cannon a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Well, then we have the you know Padres Twitter has the, the four fourth inning meetup. and he comes down quite a bit and, and chats with us, and it, it's kind of cool to talk to him and just kind of hang out with, mm-hmm. with, so, with bro. I I didn't know that was a
1: thing. A fourth inning meetup, Now you do,
0: and you have no idea. Oh, All yeah. right, I have an
1: excuse. So, I generally speaking, I have work, but there are days where maybe I can come. Down. So, the middle of the fourth
2: inning, right behind home plate like, what is that, section 101 at yeah. the concourse, just we just we meet up. That's cool, I didn't know that. And so, I've seen pretty much every single one of these people here yeah. at that meetup. And this is where I met my future wife. We was met, at the meetup, yeah. Oh, I was the know first that. time we'd met in person. That's Aww. awesome, yeah. Awesome. Other
0: local media come down. Ben Higgins and, and Steve Woods from Ben and Woods—they yeah, Dar- come down Dar- and Dar- talk. Yeah, Derek. Derek's, Derek's sweet guy. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have more oh, questions sure. from the audience? So
2: somebody here says, "I like gossip." Who is your favorite padre in terms of being approachable, gracious, and an all-around good guy? Hmm.
1: There, there's a, there's a few. And you know what? Like, I'm not going to name names about the 2016 team, but this this 2018 team was, is a whole lot more. Likeable in terms of the dudes in the clubhouse than the team was when I started on the beat. Maybe it's maybe I've gotten more comfortable. Um, I, I I think fr- Fran Mel Reyes is incredibly like welcoming and like he'll answer any question I have of him. Um, he also like genuinely gets pissed off after the games and so like sometimes he'll be he'll be a little grumpy but then he usually apologizes the next you, day. You, you want that though. <laughs> oh yeah I think I think you want that quality. Yeah. It's 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 I mean I want what's best for me and for my job. But Naturally. no no it's 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 cool. It's it's like you want if you're a baseball player you, you should be pissed off when you lose the game. Yes. Um Moraes is good. Will Myers is always very honest with and like and I think that in, in some ways has been a little bit of, of his downfall with the way not his downfall, but like the way he speaks what he said a little He, bit. Just, he yeah. speaks what's on his mind. And I think if more players did the way, did things the way Will Myers did it, they might get themselves in a little bit right. of like a little bit of turmoil, maybe in the media. But I appreciate that. I appreciate when he says, no, you know what? Like playing third base is really hard. Like it's affecting my hitting a little bit. Like other guys feel that way. Right. Other guys actually feel that way and they don't say it. And I appreciate him like being they honest about speak. that. And I, uh, He's good. Uh, some of the, like, Kirby Yates is a great guy. Yeah. I get, uh, off the top of my head, there's, there's several others that I'm, that I'm not going to just start naming guys and then forget. And all of a sudden those guys are bad guys. But those are the, those are the, ones, that <laughs> the ones that... Well, you know, that's
0: one of the things about...
1: Uh, about Robert the, um... Stock, I know.
0: Yes, the Twitter king. Yeah, the Twitter yeah. king. I, Twitter I can't, you yeah, we can't... <laughs> oh,
1: Fran Mill <laughs> fan club. Oh, hey. Liddy, Liddy the Fran and club. And the, yes. the
0: Fran club, right. The Fran club. Lily Larie and Bulletpin Babe, Angela are the host of the Bell of Hell's Bells.
2: The Hell's Bells podcast. <laughs> and they are
0: Bells. Anyway, thank you. thank you
2: everyone. Right.
0: Um, <laughs> what I like, and that's what I like about Will Myers. Like when you when you talk to athletes, even the can you know, I'm trying to find a good pitch to hit, um, hunting my pitch. You hear all these like, oh kinda, give me something good and when someone speaks the truth, it's like, whoa! It's like when we're talking, yeah, it goes like, bothers me. I'm not a Charlie Hustle guy. Well, if you listen to the rest of that interview that Ken Rosenthal did with him, he kind of, like, kind of explains himself a little bit We're like, yeah. where it's not as bad, but you hear the, like, oh, I'm not a yeah, Charlie his, Hustle guy.
1: Like, his what? quote was not nearly as bad as him not running out the, the double in the World Series. Right. Like, it's, it's, it shouldn't, like, if he's honest about kind of the way he plays baseball... That is fine if if he... someone Someone's... They're closing the gates. They're there's it, there's the gates. a
2: jackhammer in the far corner of the facility, apparently.
1: <laughs> but, no, so I guess what I'll say is uh, I appreciate the honesty when players are honest with me. And when the backlash is kind of overwhelming, I think it encourages them to be less open and honest, which is a disservice for me doing my job. Yeah. It's a disservice for the fans who want to, like, kind of be connected to the team. It, it makes for boring TV and interviews, so... I, I, all I want from a player is to, is to speak openly. Right.
2: Have you had a chance to talk to many of the prospects? Like when they came through the prospect game or anything like that, were you covering that? And, um, one of the questions we have here from the folks is a favorite prospect that nobody's talking about. Well, you guys talk about everyone.
1: We We, we know. Yeah. And we're going to they, judge, on you, judge you, you on your knowledge of, of the player. Also, well, like Patino is not, everyone's talking about him here, right? Mm, yes. Correct. Yeah. Right. yeah. So that's not, an, that's not an acceptable answer? No, no, I
2: think that's an acceptable answer. Okay. So what is it about him that...
1: I've just heard from scouts who love him. Okay. Who, like, really love him. And so, I... Uh, yeah, I, I think I think he's... I, I heard one Yordano Ventura comp, which, which is pretty high praise. That is really high yeah. praise. Um, and so, just kind of in, in his frame and the, the way his kind of fastball comes out. And so, I mean, but he's... The thing about the Padres and the Padres kind of fan base is that, like, I think Padre fans know more about their farm system than maybe any other fan base because that's that's kind of the lifeblood right now. Yes. yes. And so, what was the second part of that question? I was um, I,
2: I, it, well, was yeah, it? no, you you hit it all.
1: Oh, um, right. yeah. So I, I, uh, I, I forget where okay. I was going. With so what,
0: what, what, what we uh, what we call. Luis Patino here on Friars on the Farm is he's the right-handed version of what we were hoping to get out of McKenzie. So that high-lake well, high-gas, like, devastating curveball.
1: That could all come from McKenzie. Board.
0: Just, it, it, it will. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. And then Patino coming on the scene this last year. Um, but everyone, you know, really good pitchers do well. Everyone can do well in A-ball. Um, yeah. It's when you get up to Lake Elsinore this next season when he gets up to Lake Elsinore. Uh, when he gets to double A, when you have a lot more competent hitters in and, and, you know, better approaches that yeah. you're going to see a little more of that learning curve.
2: You, you mentioned double A ball, and I need to shout out to Tom Hughes. He's wearing the first Amarillo Sod Poodles apparel. That yeah. yeah. Yes.
1: It's a good looking <laughs> shirt. Yeah. That's,
2: that's nice. Um, so I had a late minute uh, entry here. Um, can you speak to the rumors there is tension between Andy Green and A.J. Preller?
1: Uh, yeah, I can. And I, so I know Darren kind of went into that on the show, and, and maybe Darren knows a little more than I do. But from what I've heard, of, like, tension exists in the sense that, like, there's tension when you have to make really high stress and high important decisions. But I don't think it's anything, like, that's out of the ordinary between a manager and a GM. Like, I, I think that kind of stuff happens with everyone. And I – and I maybe there's something I'm missing. Maybe there's something I don't know. It's my mm. job to kind of dig into that and look into that. Maybe there'll be more that I don't know. But I don't think any of it is – is out of the ordinary. Hmm. And I, I think I think and I don't have any specific examples but they're they they butt heads. Right? right. That happens. And isn't that in, in some ways basketball. in some ways that's kind of I know they have. I don't know if they're playing anymore. Maybe that maybe that's the judge of of their relationship. If they're playing if they're playing one on one.
0: Like a March shot with any of the coaches or GMs, you know, back
1: in the day like she
0: <laughs> oh, All geez. the rest are so awesome. <laughs> Also, not going to mention anyone. I remember
2: who March Shot is. Okay, so let's transition into the lightning round. I'm lightning going to do round. That with lightning our, round with our with our first. Uh... I wasn't
1: told there would be a lightning round. Okay, lightning I'm round. just kidding. I was told. I was told. What is
2: what is your favorite MLB ballpark not named Petco Park? Uh, AT and T Park. What what is it about AT and T Park that stands out to you? The
1: lightning back, round. The backdrop. The backdrop. Okay. Yeah. The backdrop and the kind of. It's, it's, it's cool. It's Coors Field. Coors Field, I think, is underrated. Coors okay. in the cool part of Denver. Uh, Pittsburgh.
2: Like when uh, great. Who was it that was walking out into the outfield that was, um, oh my gosh, Fernando Rodney. Fernando Rodney. Went wandering out yeah. into the, the trees out in the outfield. That was kind of cool. Um, uh, I think
1: Coors is very underrated. Have you
2: now. seen the renderings for the new ballpark in Oakland? I did.
1: I thought it looked pretty cool. Yeah, that looked really
2: cool. But yeah. they, do you notice they turned it away from the water because of the weather that they get there?
1: The anyway. wind will blow the ball out. So <laughs> the wind
2: will blow the ball out, rather than blowing the ball like you know, you crush. Ball, I love, like Wrigley.
1: Don't you love that aspect of like baseball parks? Every time they open one, everyone's like, "Well, we don't know yeah. how this is going to play. We have yeah. no idea what's going to happen." Well, but it's even
2: there. it's evolved. Yeah. Like Petco Park, it used to be a pitcher's. When you yeah. first came here, it was a pitcher's park, pretty pretty strongly. Yeah. Right. And now that the constructions happen and the new
1: video board and all the other stuff, wind these patterns of the whole the, stadium have been. It's still hard to hit there, but it's. I think it's easier for certain hitters. I mean, it's probably easier for righty, pull power guys. I, I, it's just, it's just a cool thing that fascinates me. Like, open up a new ballpark, we have no idea what's going to happen. I just want okay. to see them hit a new ballpark. I, you know, yeah.
0: I, I love rooting for the underdog. Oakland A's have been the underdog for so long. Yeah, I
2: want them to stay there rather than like I, I lived in Portland for six years. I'd love to see baseball go to Portland, Oregon, but I want to see it stay in. Oakland
0: at the same time. You know, and they're building, a, they're building a stadium without even having a team. They just came up with a rendering for that. Yeah, yeah.
2: They're, they've got a new new thing going. Back to this um, not so lightning round. So I, I, yeah, this isn't lightning at all. I know. <laughs> I, I brought up the ballparks, and it made me think of park factor. Do you really pay attention to the advanced analytics? And you don't really fold that into your writing a whole lot, but is it something that you're trying to work with a oh, little
1: I, bit? I, I pay very close attention to the advanced analytics, but I also have to, like, where I'm coming from, I write for MLB.com. And I don't know who's going to MLB.com. I don't know who's reading my stories. And I imagine a lot of people, if, I'm, if I start writing about WOBA and Weighted Runs Created Plus or whatever, that's going to go over a lot of people's heads and they might tune me out. So I can, I, I, I have a problem with a lot of the normal stats that get glorified, like yeah. wins and RBIs. But I, and I don't factor those into my writing. I think like if you, if you kind of read closely and everything I do... I almost never reference who got the win, and never reference how many wins a pitcher has because I don't think that it's all that important in terms of how good the pitcher is. But I'm not writing for the sabermetrically inclined. I'm writing for average Padre fan who goes right. to MLB.com, and so I, I try and keep it, keep it, Simple. keep it to what they know right. and inform them as much as I can. And when when there's something that I can get about Statcast into a story that matters and that's interesting. I'll toss it in there and and I'll try and explain it in layman's terms.
0: What's MOBA?
1: Well I guess with StatCast, (laughs) (laughs) embed the video, usually when the StatCast,
2: they've got those StatCast videos where they show a home run, they show the exit velocity, launch angle, all that stuff. So you've got a video that you can provide some context to your writing.
1: Yeah, and actually, so fun fact, we were talking earlier about um, about what I did before I got to the Padres gig at MLB.com. I basically spent the whole entire summer of 2015 doing the MLB.com glossary. With all the okay. stats and all, like, oh. and like, and so I had to like dive into like what everything in there meant and describe it. And so now, like, if, if there's a StatCast term like launch angle, it, it, uh, there's a link to the launch angle page in the glossary that has the description of what launch angle is. And they've since, since that summer in 2015, we did a lot of like the basic numbers then. They've added a whole lot more, so it's not like everything I did, the, I didn't do the whole glossary now as it is, but I did whatever. 120 terms there were on the agenda then. So that's kind of the, that's part of how we can kind of normalize these numbers is like, well, Eric Cosmer is struggling, his launch angle is minus one, blah, blah, blah. If someone is really like, well, what the hell is launch angle? They can click on launch angle and go Ooh, and learn it. So. Okay. Cool. All right. Next question. Who has the best press box food? Which stadium? Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia is very good. Oh yeah, Philadelphia is very good. Is all yeah.
2: Pat's and Gino's in there, or?
1: It is not Pat's and Gino's, but they have. I mean, they have some really good chicken tenders. They always have like two. They always have like they always have like two uh, two different like entree options, and then um, they have an ice cream like bar off in the corner. It's not not like a machine. It's like a there's like there's actually a a guy who scoops and serves and wow. makes your own. Yeah, it's, it a soft is, it, and a is chump. it is by far <laughs> the best. I, hey, don't knock the soft serve. <laughs> I love that soft serve. <laughs>
2: okay, who has the worst press box
1: view? Ooh, the worst press box view.
2: Like I've heard in Washington, you're way up yeah, high. Yeah,
1: I don't area. mind being up so high. Washington's really high. Atlanta's really high. Um, I don't mind that. I don't love it. Like it's not – Pekka Park's like one of the best. Um, probably Angel Stadium's real bad. Angel Stadium, you're out in, like, you're out in, like, right field. Oh, and you're yeah. up the line a ways. You're up the line, oh, yeah. yeah. And so you got to – I covered a game there in 2014, and I remember, like, you're sitting like this looking – and this is not great podcast affair. Right. Like, but you're sitting kind of looking straight ahead, straight ahead at the right field and all plates over here. And I remember waking up the next day and kind of having, like, a cricket in my neck <laughs> because I was you know, watching the game that way and working. And it's – It's I mean, on deadline, I think the game was close, so, like, it's high stress.
0: You know, I, can you get you get work with Cal for that kind of stuff? Can you be like, Ugh, you know? no. You
1: can ride off the horse collar on your taxes. <laughs> I, deal, I, I deal with it. Yeah. I, I tough it out.
2: I, I was reading a, a review of the Amarillo Ballpark, and apparently they're doing that. The press box is up the right field line a little bit, and they've got like a ninety degree glass, so that the so the the people working in the press box get a good yeah. view of everything. Okay. Yeah, it might not, not look like that's not, too it's out not of the obstructed, board. but it's not right behind ball like right behind home plate like you would expect. Um.
1: Some of the some of the spring training ballparks aren't great, but that's to be expected. That's yeah, you can't always see everything that's happening there. Have you ever had a run in with a mascot? No. <laughs> no. I guess they don't mess with the press guys. No, a lot. they don't really because they're they're not getting. I'm not giving them any fanfare on TV or anything. Okay. Not like not Jesse Agler or Don or Mud or whoever. So.
0: And they don't like they're, they don't they see they don't know who you are. They're like, yeah, they're not going to come up. With you. One of my favorite moments from
2: Twitter, from Padres Twitter last year, was when uh, Hacksaw Lee Hacksaw Hamilton quoted you or said something reference to you yeah. and mistyped your name. I think it was favorites. an autocorrect <laughs> as AJ Casanova. I think it's
1: oh, it Casablanca. <laughs> oh, yeah, Casablanca. It was AJ, AJ Casablanca. 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 Yeah. Casablanca,
2: that's right. Yeah. So, do you have any other malapropisms that? Uh, well, the rest of Padres Twitter does. Yes, Casanova.
1: I mean. Th- I just just pull up I don't know. I'm sure there's there's a zillion of them. My favorite's uh casserole cuz that like casserole. <laughs> okay. Casserole. Yeah. That brings me back to like the, I used to get called AJ Tuna Casserole in third grade as like a joke. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh,
0: We're a no bully I'm zone sure. here prayers no on the farm. Zones.
1: No bully zone. Well,
2: speaking of food, pancakes or waffles?
1: Pancakes or waffles? That's uh it's funny you ask that because in college we had a important debate among our house and it was tied four to four and the answer is obviously pancakes yes obviously right right that so no sense. it's clearly pancakes and here's and here's why let me go into why it's pancakes it's because you can make you you make a waffle you put all the ingredients in you put it in the you put it in the waffle maker and that's that you make pancakes with love Mm. You, yeah. yeah. You know, you, you kind of make them your own way, figure it out. My grandmother made the best pancakes of all time uh-huh. and, like, and she yeah, she yeah. she gave me the recipe and anyway, I just think there's a little more to a pancake than a waffle, but I th- feel like you guys disagree with me by then. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of syrup Okay, and so with a waffle, you know what? That's fair. I can yeah. fill the
2: pockets up with a whole bunch of syrup. And butter? Yeah. And butter, and, yeah. I can you know maximize that. You them. know
1: what I'll say? I think waffles might have a higher floor. Oh, Oh. pancakes have a higher. Pancakes, like a a really good pancake, is better than a really good waffle. Now
2: you're speaking our our language here. Uh, Okay. Uh, Oh, geez. Do I have to really ask this question? I don't have to, but I'm going to anyway. Matt Kemp, James Shields, all of those guys that were on the 2016 team, who was the biggest douche?
1: I'm not, I I can't answer. I'll answer that off air and we'll all drink beer. Oh, okay. Okay, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> well,
0: and, and So let me go into that real quick yeah. and then, uh, I don't know how long we are going. So when we were at oh, the partnership weekend when I proposed to Liddy, we sat with Mike D. And Mike D, you know, Andy Green was his first year and we're like, so how, how are the team players, how are the players wait. like?
2: How did, how did Biggest Douche transition to Mike D?
0: I missed <laughs> something here. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> well, it's about the players. Well, it's about the players. And, because Andy Green so positive, so, you know, high energy. My wife asked, Mikey, so how do the players like the new manager? And he said, you know, some of them like them. Oh, some of the veterans players, um, you, know, you know, they're like, we'll oh, talk to my agent. And Liddy's like, ooh, like, which ones? And, and Mikey goes, well, you'll see you in the next few years, we'll be traded. And um, sure enough, in the next few years, a couple of those guys were traded, and it was it was interesting that he kind of answered that question for us. Well, they were traded because they
2: didn't do very well here, so, and
1: they right. needed to dump their salaries. If they hit if they hit three thirty with the four twenty on base percentage, they would still, still be here. Oh yeah, yeah. And you I could, was
0: just kind of covering for AJ. You
1: could put there. up with
2: a lot of problems if the performance on the field is good. Unfortunately, there was no good performance on the field that year.
0: Most embarrassing song in your uh, library, music library. <laughs>
1: well, uh, well, my go-to karaoke song is, uh, and I, it's in my library, is Aaron's Party, Aaron Carter. Um, <laughs> oh, younger oh, young, oh, younger oh, reference, a lot of older listener. Oh, I, can, I can sing the whole thing, and I will not do it for anyone. Ah, <laughs> come on. You got a great mic here. Good acoustics. You need, you need to randomly be in a karaoke bar with me. Huh? Also, also, Avril Lavigne. I can sing some Avril Lavigne karaoke. That's a, wow. that's a, that's a good... I think they're just, they're just fun karaoke songs because everyone knows them and no one, like, really likes them, but, like, I don't know. We're going to
2: have to drag you out to, what is it called? The Wolf Pack? Who is it? Down no, the Werewolf. The Werewolf. The werewolf.
1: werewolf. Downtown. Yeah. After a game. I've never been. Well, Craig Elston. No. I think John. Craig Elston's a huge yeah, karaoke guy. Like Chris
2: Garcia and those guys. I'm not. Yet. I'm, like,
1: a once a year, maybe, type guy. Uh, okay. Of, but we'll pick a date. when I do, I'll... Yeah. Rocket. So you're you're married.
0: Your wife is. uh, You're young. You're cocooning. Uh, What's your favorite TV show? Do you guys have any TV shows that you watch? Uh,
1: I'm not going to pretend like I know what cocooning is, but uh, my we Game of Thrones is our show. And I uh, like I've read all the books, and I'm like kind of a big Game of Thrones geek. But I I love the shows. Uh, We watch a lot. the off-season's kind of when we like dive in. Is That is That, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like yeah, That's so they, during the off-season we cocoon. That's something you I, do in I New Jersey, said that, right? though, uh,
2: where it's cold uh, all winter, right? Here playing we play volleyball. You play volleyball, and you're day, yeah. running, and you're swimming, and you're yeah. playing guitar out on the porch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I play inside. I don't, I, don't, okay. I don't want everyone here. So do you play rock, rhythm, lead? Uh... Any and all, nice, a nice. Okay, final question. And I, we really appreciate you coming out here.
1: Why was Mike Beefing? <laughs> I know the answer, and I'm keeping it from all of you. No, I, 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 don't know the answer, and I have heard all of the rumors and checked into a couple of them. And I like, I genuinely don't would wouldn't report any of them because I it would it would kind of hurt my journalistic yeah. credibility. So uh, maybe that story gets out one day. Maybe it doesn't. I, uh, I, I don't know.
0: And that was just a play question Yeah. It ended up. AJ, thank you so much for, for coming out today. I uh, thank you guys all coming out today. I really appreciate it. Um, got, you know, this is, uh, this is what driving for Uber will do for you. You know, you'll run into people that you want to meet talk baseball about. Yeah, you never know. Well, you can meet me. Uh, you can meet me. You can, you can reach me on, uh, on Twitter at SD Donovan.
2: Well, and if you come out to one of our live podcasts, you can meet us. Yes. And But anyway, I'm at Zippy underscore TMS.
1: And I'm at AJ Cassavel and this was this was a lot of fun, guys. And uh, I'm excited to go have a couple beers and maybe check out the, uh, the Tony Gwynn Museum. Tony Gwynn Museum. Absolutely. I highly recommend. For I haven't been I haven't been here in a couple years, so it'll be my first time back there. But for anyone listening, highly recommend if you if you haven't come out here, even if you're not a, if you if you're not a beer person, just right. come out and check out the museum. It's it's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. Another thank you to Ale Smith for hosting us here. They've got a beautiful facility. They're good people.
0: Huge. Absolutely. And good beer. Very yeah. good yeah. beer. Yeah. Most yes. importantly. And thank so. you guys. All right, go you. Yeah. <laughs>